my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. I'm off my game today. No, you're not. That's true. People are going to have to start making better content. I think we're going to be talking about this for a long time. When you program for everyone, you program for no one. I think it's that we're a purpose-driven platform. Like, we're trying to get to substance. How okay. was that? Are you happy with that? Yeah. This is marketing therapy right now. And it really is. <laughs> What's up? This is Laura Carinti. And I'm Alexa Kristen. Welcome back to Adlandia. Episode 18. Does that make us official adults? Yeah, you said we all grows up. We all grows up. We grown. Cam, that doesn't include you. No. So we've got a great show talking about audio with Andy Bowers. Who's super meta. Super meta. We like Which, meta. By the way, we need Who to bring back mamas. <laughs> we need to bring back mamas. We do. 
Laura's referring to uh, a little bit of meta and a little bit of mama. If you haven't listened to that episode, you will laugh your ass off. And if you don't, something's wrong with you. You're missing a chip. So anyhow. Anyhow, we have Andy Bowers on the show, chief content officer of Panoply. Also a good friend. I, I feel like I always say that, but it's true. We have a lot of good friends that come in here and talk to us. But someone that we created GE Podcast Theater with. How many years ago? Almost four now. Almost four years ago. He's an OG, like industry veteran, came up through NPR, was really just waiting for the tech element of audio to take off to give everybody access to what he's been seeing all along. And super interesting to dive into past, future, present. Yeah. And also... How um, brands can get involved in podcasting. Because we're really not there yet. No. We have a lot of friends in the industry who are like, how do I get into this space? Not for their own show, meaning like, how do I get my brand into this space? And maybe for their own show, I don't know. And we always tell them like, this is the opportunity to be stand out and think about this in a totally different way and get into audio before audio starts getting so saturated, not just with advertising, but I think with experience. And what we're going to see is that the space actually starts getting pretty saturated in terms of um, experience and content. And one of the things that I'm excited about is people bringing audio IRL right in real life so how do people start taking what's the crossover the conversations yes. with a microphone and bringing it into physical locations so people can hear conversations that you know normally are reserved for the studio space but start to actually now add the component of uh you know dialogue with those who listen with, phys- with physical yeah physical, phys- space, physical so. space yeah big on that we'll, and there are a lot we'll of people that one for free and there are a lot of people who are do- <laughs> there are a lot of people who are doing it But I think that the opportunity for brands to get involved and like figure out where can they be additive to the talent in a physical experience is actually pretty exciting. So Andy Bowers coming on in a few minutes with Laura and I. But in the meantime, Laura and I have some thoughts. What are we talking about today? So today, (laughs) I feel like Bert and Ernie today. (laughs) Um, There are a couple things that have been getting on my nerves lately. One... When is branded content going to go away? Well, what's interesting about that is some of the reaction we heard from episode 17 with Vice's Ben Dietz was to one of the points he made, which I think may have been one of the single most important points, um, was when he talks about the inspiration for when they created the network. They came up in a world where they believed on the edges yeah. that ads were content and content were ads. Yeah. And a lot of people reacted to that. Not in positive or negative, just in thanks for making me think about that differently. Yeah. And I think to your point, we heard earlier in one of our earlier shows with Keith Grossman from Bloomberg, it's like it's only it advertising when it's it bad, bad advertising. advertising. Yeah. So there's there's it's only bad content when yeah, there's something percolating. Right. But I also think like we're hitting this place where everybody now is coming out with some kind of not everybody. I think that there were the early folks. Now we're kind of in the middle, and then I think we're going to hit like probably a big critical volume of um, brands coming out with more kind of original content or co-produced content, which I'm all for. But I just wonder, when do we saturate right people's ears, eyes, and hearts with branded content, and people just start really loving brands or an experience that they're having with brands, and it's no longer branded content? And like... Is branded content just content? Can Isn't I give it a just good content? And I think a lot of this and what I'm seeing and, and enjoying is brands starting to, I guess, fragment their approach to the market where you've got products and services and what your hard sell is yeah. on one side of the coin. And on the other side of the coin, it's about your purpose-driven mission. And it's I think like we've, heard about that over eight, we've heard about that over 17 episodes on this show. Yeah. 
you know, put your money where your brand promises. Yeah. And I think what HP is doing with Keep Reinventing, I think what we've seen with Glossier do around Body Hero. I love Body Hero. Awesome. I think what we've um, seen, you know, Airbnb start to, you know, delve into around diversity and inclusion. You know, brands are starting to recognize that to fall in love with a brand it doesn't necessarily need to be tethered to that product or service that it is that you're selling. It's what are those values? What are those, you know, consciousable things that you can put forward into the market? But now it's not good enough to just say it. I think there's this level of accountability where we actually have to invest in it. Oh, you have to invest in it. It has to be real. A hundred percent. Is this the same conversation we've had over the 17 episodes? No. And yes. But for some reason, it's been getting on my nerves a lot as people I've been talking to are talking about branded content, branded content, branded content, and that they're going out there and they're creating it. And I'm all for it. But to your point, when does it turn into something that's produced? Brand as media right? company. That's right. Something that's produced um, and that sits outside of the brand and kind of is peripheral or it's kind of core to the brand. Well, one of the things that's always blown my mind is like, don't some of these brands have more credibility and expertise in some of these categories than content creators do? And with that regard, don't yeah. they have more of a right than Hollywood um, to talk about sustainability, for example? Don't they have a right to talk about the future relative to climate change or diversity or... Or the housing market, Goldman Sachs? Like, I mean, that's the thing, right? right. Like, I would actually listen to Goldman Sachs talk about, right? A financial crisis. I would rather listen to Jamie Dimon of JP Morgan Chase talk about, you know, what his opinions are on Bitcoin, whether I agree with them or not, right? So anyway, that's my rant. You have one? And I think the thing that's going to be interesting is, uh, and we're going to get into it with Bowers, is the idea of ad-supported versus pay to listen or or pay to read or pay to watch. And I think, you know, as, you know, it's interesting, you know, to start thinking about, well, what does mass mean anymore? And is it more valuable? And are people going to be more willing to pay for content that has an expertise and an authority as opposed to something that is just meant to entertain? And I think that's more maybe generic too. Does that, you know, when you go for that mass, we say it in the beginning of the show, you know, when you're programming for everyone, you're programming for no one. It's not a new idea. And so do we move from mass and efficiency to context and effectiveness. Yes. And I think that at the end of the day is a world I want to live in as a marketer. So Me too. Preach. We'll be back with Andy Bowers after the break. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you a hundred dollar credit on your next ad campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's LinkedIn.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. 
As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. 
Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we're back in the studio with a good friend, Andy Bowers. Chief Content Officer of Panoply. Hi, Andy. Hi, Alexa. Hi, Laura. And also known to Alexa and I as our podfather. Our podfather. Yes, I have to say I'm not officially allowed to accept that title. <laughs> uh, someone else has claimed to it, but... Um, you can be ours. You've been actually telling us that for like three years, because the first time we met you, when we went and talked to you about the message that we did, right, to yep. Podcast Theater, we were like, oh my God. We're meeting with the Podfather. Laura and I were like so excited, and then we like just came out in the meeting. We're like, "You're the Podfather," and you're like, "You can't say that." But we were like, "We're going to say it. We're going to say it anyway." I will not stop you. So, can we tell people about the origin of how the three of us met? Because it's one of my most favorite partnership development process in in my career. Yeah, me too. Right. Um, We had this idea. 
Like, why shouldn't we be telling our brand story in an audio space in a fictional format? I was kind of obsessed with what was happening with Serial. Less, I mean, the story was amazing, right? The reporting and the journalism and the narrative, amazing. All of that, amazing. Yes, hands down, we all know that. But what I was fascinated with was what was happening in human behavior, consumer behavior, people listening to kind of this new narrative on-demand audio. And I called Laura and I said, holy shit, this is big and we shouldn't be doing video. We should be explaining our story and bringing people along via an entertainment platform. And I want to do it in audio. And she was like, hold on. I got to order my number three at Taco Bell. That's like the infamous place. Literally at midnight. At midnight. (laughs) I was coming home on the train and Laura was at Taco Bell. And she was like, this is right. And we know who to take this to. And we know who to take this to. And then we met you. We were sitting at... Uh, La Pan La Cote Den, right? Which I can never Pan say. Pan in Midtown. And we walked in and there was this long table and it was noisy and it was breakfast. And I was sitting next to you and Laura was like on the other side with Turk. And we started talking about this GE podcast theater and the message and what this could look like and how we wanted a partner to come alongside us and not do just branded content, Right but to really, truly co-produce this. An original um, production, yeah. Like a true original production. This is a 2013. 13, It was either, yes, it was the beginning, the yeah. tail end of 2013. And you looked at me, and in your very Andy Bowers way, like we were just saying out before we were on mic, like the coolest hipster NPR guy in the room, <laughs> like totally. Wait, wait, who are you talking about? Yeah, you like the coolest hipster. We'll say it again. No, Cam, we're not talking about you. Yeah, Cam, stop raising your hand. Um, and you looked at me totally calm, and you were like, "Yes." And it was to- you. Were, you were just like absolute yes. And then you told me the story about your dad. Yes. Well, you had said that you wanted to recreate GE Theater, the TV show from the 50s with Ronald Reagan, and turn it into GE Podcast Theater. And I think I just blurted out, oh, that's so cool because my dad used to write for GE Theater. He was a screenwriter and TV writer. Yeah. And uh, I think you liked that. I was like, the well, stars aligned. I, we were like, I liked it, but it was also like you gave you weren't that calm. Like I have to say, like this, we did get maybe a little <laughs> bead of sweat on your head. You were like, yes, yes, and oh, by the way, I have a personal connection to this, and I just knew it was right. We just knew. Yeah. We were just like, okay, we were all done. In. From my point of view, I go to a lot of pitch meetings all the time. And, you know, the majority of them, sometimes the vast majority of them, do not amount to anything. And I come away underwhelmed by what people have pitched. And Matt said, you know, oh, these are my friends from GE. They have this amazing idea for something. I think it has to do with drama, but it's branded. And I'm like, oh, God, what is this going to be? And you laid it out for me. And I kept in my mind thinking, okay, where is the big problem with this? Because this it can't be what I'm thinking, which is this actually sounds really good. Yeah. It's not only a good idea to do a branded scripted series, but their actual idea is a good idea. I would listen to this show. Yes. You know, you laid out the idea that there's this message that's been around for since World War II that was received and people have been trying to decode it. I think that was kind of the, the germ of the idea yeah. you mm-hmm. had. Um, that was like the beginning treatment. Yeah. Yeah. But it was all there in the beginning treatment. The, yeah. the germ of, I mean, that's exactly what, what we produced. And so I kept trying to think of ways to disqualify it and I couldn't. 
And I, so I actually grew excited in a way that I rarely have at a pitch meeting. <laughs> I think we got you. We got you excited a lot during the process. I mean, oh, absolutely. It's only been four years since the impetus of this partnership, and and I think it's interesting. And obviously, we want to shift the conversation. Yeah. We're here approaching 2018, and podcasting has exploded. Would probably be a underwhelming way of uh, talking about what's happened in the space. Can you believe where it's? come from having been in this space since the days of NPR or have you just been waiting on it saying what's taking so long? Uh, that kind of that one yeah. yes I started podcasting in I think it was July of 2005 I had been actually before that waiting for what the digital audio spoken word medium would be it was easy to make audio on the internet but it was not easy to distribute it and when yeah. that distribution method came along I said aha this is what I've been waiting for so I just I mean even though it was incredibly cumbersome in those days I mean like that was before the smartphone yeah so you had to download a podcast to your desktop computer and then sync it to your iPod and it was you know for me to think that normal people would go through this incredible process, process yeah. to get what you can get from the radio right. was not realistic. But I saw then just the power of on-demand audio, how mm -hmm. when you set your own schedule and you listen to what makes you happy or interested or entertained uh, on your schedule rather than the radio schedule, it was incredibly powerful and addictive. And so I knew that this was going to be the future of the medium. I thought it would happen a lot quicker, Yeah. especially when the smartphone came along, when the iPhone came in 2007. I thought, oh, finally, we're here. Yeah. And I kept waiting and waiting. And my old colleagues at NPR were like, what are you doing in podcasting? <laughs> what is this weird thing? They kind of thought I was crazy. But then they got into it. Well, yes. Now the pool is very full. Yeah, the pool is very full. So, I mean, my question is, have we hit mass with podcasting, you know, from an audience perspective? I mean... How many podcasts? So you were on Charlie Rose. Let me take a detour, actually. You were on Charlie yeah. Rose last week. Was it? I think it came out last week. I think so, yeah. And you were talking about, you know, kind of, is this this great awakening? You with a bunch of other guests. Um, great awakening of the, you know, re rethinking of the golden age of audio. And um, my question is, have we really hit mass in audience or have we hit mass in volume of content? Right. Well, in terms of volume of content, 400,000 podcasts in iTunes, I think that's critical mass. Yeah. That's uh, kind Incredible. of chaotic mass. Yeah. I hope that actually clears out a little bit because it's just way too confusing to find what you want. In terms of audience, I think there's a lot more awareness now of podcasting. I think the audience has a long way to grow. We're still, I don't know, a quarter to a third of Americans who regularly listen. I think most spoken word audio will be listened to on demand in the future. Agreed. So I think we have a long way to go. Uh, but now it's not a joke. I mean, in the old days, I would go to a dinner party and say what I did, and people would be like, podcasting? <laughs> that, isn't that dead? <laughs> no, no, it's going really well, but they, you know, it had totally lost its cachet. Well, and now that's say, not true. Yeah, now that's not true at all. When you talk about, you know, we're we're only a, a third or two thirds of the way there, you know, with technology and Alexa and I have talked quite a bit about the disappearing interface and the idea that audio will be that pervasive through line through everything we do, whether that's you know via your technology in your hand, whether that's smart home audio in your home, whether that's in your car. 
So those to or me seem ambient, like right. some kind of ambient assistant. Right. Right. So those are the things that get us excited and saying, like, to your point, like, we haven't even approached the tipping point in terms of where there is this critical where mass this of audience that understands the power of, of this medium and storytelling. And we talk a lot about, you know, brands understanding that, you know, podcasting is only one part of the audio strategy. So as somebody who's the chief content officer of what I would deem an audio network. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the things that you see as being utility in audio that brands can start thinking about exploring? Well, one thing is we just launched a children's audio service called Pinna, which is a subscription service. And this is, you know, the opposite of ad supported. We decided very affirmatively that we did not want to have advertising for children in this network. So we made it a paid subscription service with a free podcasting component. But People have been saying for a long time, when are we going to get to the point when people will pay for audio? Yeah. And it's hard with podcasts being out there free for a dozen years now. Um, people are not used to it. The advertising model works really well. It's far less intrusive than radio. It's more interesting, the ad. So it works on that level. But um, for kids' audio, we at least really don't want to do that advertising. So we're now going to have this grand experiment where we're putting a lot of great programming, archival and original programming, in this app, Pinna. And people are already, in Download. just a few weeks, they're signing on, and we're getting yeah. great feedback. What's the price point for Pinna? It is $7.99 a month or $79 for a year. Hmm. And so if it's... Sponsorship support, because this is a thing that a lot of brands are starting to face now, right, where there's people being will or people are willing to pay for app services and content services, et cetera, because the ad model has become so intrusive or not contextually relevant. It becomes sort of, you know, this background to noise. The, yeah, subtractive to the experience. So how can, yeah. will brands have an opportunity at all to play within the pinna space? Do you see them being able to create original content at any time in the future? Is this something that you're preserving strictly for programming? At the moment, we're um, keeping it just to programming. We're, we'll have to think about whether that fits into the strategy going forward. But right now, we're trying to establish it with our own original programming and with audiobooks and other things that are, you know, don't have any brands mentioned. In how, how do you? Okay, so I knew that was. Are the you going to download it for Phoebe? I am actually. Um, how old for is my Phoebe? two, and she's, she's a little she... young for us. We we start at four. She's advanced. Now. I have no <laughs> doubt. Come on. Anyway, so she screams at Amazon. We changed it. It's not Alexa. It's Amazon. It's not Alexa. And she my doesn't house say either. Amazon. She's yeah, because it's ridiculous <laughs> when we're on the phone. Um, but I, so I want to challenge that because how do we start separating programming from quote branded content, especially around advertisers uh, and brands like a Lego? Do you see Lego Movie as just one giant branded content? I see it very much as like what we did with the message, which the point was to make a good movie. And they did. The Lego movie was was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think not everything achieves that level. But if that's the aspiration and you achieve it, then I think it's great. I love that. I mean, could brands come to you and say, we want to do something like that and you guys would be open to creating it? Like underwriting content. Is that what you mean? No, actually creating original content. So like if a Lego came to Panoply and said, listen, got it, Pinna, no advertising. We love that. But we've got this crazy, you know, idea. idea. And we're doing, you know, aided um, walkthroughs of new wired Legos, you know, for kids. And we want it. We're launching it on Amazon Echo. You know, could you conceivably 
cross the line? We'd be happy to talk about it. But the, the ultimate arbiters, <laughs> Good answer. The no. arbiters of yeah. what will be appropriate for the service will be the people who are paying money for it. That's right. Yeah. So one thing that Alexa and I are on this bit of a crusade around is the idea of the live read and how people, if, if we're going away back from subscription into the ad model. More than just the live read, right? It's, okay. It's just advertising and podcasting. Advertising, yeah. And I think yeah. one of the things that we have a little bit, have been a little bit frustrated with has been the idea that brands are kind of creating these boilerplate briefs and they're handing them off to us without any sort of contextual correctness around the stuff that we're talking about. Is this something that you see becoming an issue and a reason why, just like Spotify, just like Hulu, people may want to deviate away from a ad-supported model to a, a pay-to-listen model because we haven't protected the space in which people are like, I don't want to listen to five ads before I get into the content. It's just, and, they're, and they're not even relevant. Yeah. Well, I do think that those sorts of ads that are just read off a piece of copy are not as engaging. They don't work as well as the improvised direct response ads that uh, people in podcasting do so well. So I do think that will start to have fatigue set in for listeners. And there may be more impetus for people to subscribe to ad-free versions if they're available of podcasting. But there isn't a really good solution now uh, for how to get podcasts without ads. I mean, there is no one universal solution. There are individual ones. Slate, of course, has Slate Plus, yeah. where you can get the podcast without ads and bonus content. Um, Mark Marin has something. But each of these is for an individual network or even an individual podcast. And I think it's going to be hard to scale that because smaller podcasts, less popular podcasts are not really going to be able to jump on that bandwagon. Patreon is one other possibility for that, but it's hard. Yeah. And I do think you're right that for the live read model, we have to protect what makes that work, right. which is clever, improvised content that is contextually relevant to the podcast itself. Yeah, yeah I agree. So one thing I, I want to talk about. So you just signed with WME. That's right. Not me personally. Well, Panoply did. We'll work right. on that for we'll you. We'll work on that for you. Exactly. Okay. Um, well, my dad was with William Morris before it was in Denver. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Every time this happens. Yeah. Yeah. Every time yeah. this you never happens, know. Like the deep fam connection. I, this is happening kind of all over the place, right? Yeah. So you're not the only network that's announced that they're working with some kind of, you know, Hollywood um, negotiation, creative shop, right? right? Um, what do you think the future of audio to sight and motion is going to be? Is it going to get stronger? Are you going to, is this like a road that goes two ways where maybe Panoply is going to be pulling IP from Hollywood? Or and, feeding and, Hollywood IP. Well, and both. Right. And that's, feeding Hollywood IP is happening now, right? right? But, you know, what does it look like on the flip side? Is that something you're also looking at? Yes, absolutely. We are actually actively in talks for doing something along those lines. You know, one reason that we're with WME is we've been working with WME for years now. They brought us projects. They brought us potential uh, podcast hosts. We have a really good working relationship with them already and with other agencies. Yeah. So there, it's been going both ways. But the advent of IP on the podcast side moving to Hollywood is relatively new. Um, there's movies being made, Amazon series, Super all sorts cool. of stuff. Yeah. And honestly, as I talk to the agencies, they say that 
podcast IP is the hot thing in Hollywood. It right is. Now. They're just hungry for anything that has proven itself in another medium. And you have this explosion of creativity going on in podcasting. So it's the natural place to look. Now, I grew up in L.A. in Hollywood. My parents were both in the industry. So I know how cyclical this is and yeah. how quickly something can go from the hottest thing to a total afterthought. So yeah. I'm not holding my breath and thinking that podcasts are always going to be a feeder for Hollywood. But I think you know, as long as the creativity persists, it's going to be an excellent place because it's a lot cheaper Agreed. to try something in audio than it is in video. Do you see a day where one of these podcast networks or many of these podcast networks come together and create a super media company? Um, you know, what happens to Apple and what happens because they own the pipes at the end of the day, they own the pipes. And that is the thing that kill is killing agencies it's the thing that's killing a lot of creative um when people don't own the pipes and don't understand the pipes and so could that happen to podcasts uh, it could i mean up until now the technological barrier to podcasting has been surprisingly high yes and the fact that the iphone has a podcasting app native installed when you get the phone has been the easiest way to tell people to get podcasts. It gets a lot of people over the hump. And all these other apps that have come along, especially for the iPhone and for Android, uh, that involve having to go find it, install it, set yes. it up, it's just an extra step that few people are willing to make if there's an easy solution right there on your phone. So it would be very hard to do that, especially with content that is widely available everywhere. Right. I do think it's conceivable. I mean, you know, go with us. How much would it take to Let's... buy up all the podcasting companies in the world? It would take, you know, less than your average uh, merger or acquisition. Holy right? moly. Yeah. Yeah. Not so, a lot of money. So it's possible, yeah. but still getting people over that hump when there is a good ad supported solution right now, I think would be difficult. Plus, you're never going to get everyone to pay. You're always going to have to have some sort of freemium model. That's right. And I think that you're probably always going to have the majority of people listening to the ad-supported version. And I think that's great. I think having a freemium model like that is probably the best of all worlds yeah. because it gives access to people who can't afford it or don't want to pay for it for some reason. But it gives people who are willing or can do it a better experience. Yeah. Well, it's going to be like the difference between what broadcast and Netflix is today to what I imagine yes. you know, Apple will be to this TBD thing I think we're talking about. Yeah, I'm excited by it. I, I think it's really... Because it, it does come down to the content IP. If Panoply or Gimlet or WMYC is producing the best content out there and then all of a sudden decides to create that pipe yeah. and invest in the technology to do it, yeah. raising my hand, why wouldn't I want to go over and, and listen to those shows in the same way that I can only get House of Cards on Netflix? Right, I mean, it's yeah. what's yeah. happening with Disney right now and Netflix. Yeah, I right. mean, that's the whole thing, and that's why I ask, and we've always been good dr at dreaming about things, um, and then... You know, making them. Making them. So <laughs> um, something that I'm like obsessed with, I've been asking everyone that I know, do you listen to podcasts? And the people that say no, they, they follow it with, but I know I should be. <laughs> Always, right? So podcasting has this FOMO craze, right? Fear of missing out all over itself. What can brands do? They don't have to be the GE and come, right, and create original content with you um, and really share the IP with you, right? right? But what can brands do today to start getting their toe really dipped into the space in a meaningful way? Well, the good news is, unlike branded content, 
in print where you have to it's hard to get people to go to your page you know all, the strategy is usually going to an editorial organization and doing sponsored content on that page so right. it's separate there's always that word there sponsored right, right. and it is different it's yeah. like separating it from the other content yeah. the great thing about podcasting for brands for individuals for anyone who wants to get into it is you're all there in the same place you are equal. Mm. And if you make good content that is relevant to people and doesn't sound like an ad because no one's going to go seek out an ad, but there have been many examples beyond the message of really good uh, branded content that is useful to people. And they there is not that differentiation because anyone can play in that space. And, you know, we got to number one on the iTunes charts. It yeah. wasn't number one on the branded charts. It was just the number, number one podcast. One. What are other examples, Andy, <laughs> if you could just rattle off a couple of brands you see doing it really well right now? Um, I think Gimlet is doing really great branded content with they their are. partners. And I think they know instinctively that it has to be an interesting show and has to have good stories on it in order to be interesting. Yeah. Um, but. I suspect that they're doing quite well with it because I see them on the charts and their stuff is getting a lot of attention and it's good. Yeah. Um, there are a number of other places doing it. We here at Slate and Panoply have been doing it probably longer than anyone else. We had one of the first uh, creative studios. And one of the first brand, brand hits. Yeah. It's actually the first. What's in your queue right now? What are you listening to? Hang on. I'll tell <laughs> you. <laughs> Let's go Let's go now. <laughs> I have to be honest. I spend most of my time listening to potential and in-process shows. Yeah, so I, pilots and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I, I have so little time to just sit back and listen to podcasts for entertainment now. This is the curse yes, of working curse. in podcasting is that I, you know, doing that, listening to a podcast for pleasure, yeah. it feels like I'm cheating. Yeah. Like I'm, <laughs> like, I'm going to get in trouble for it because there's no work element to it. That's so funny. Okay, so last, before we go, wait, one more last question. Ahead. What does global audio look like? It's so, I mean, audio is such a great place, right, to really get to global audience. Is that something that you guys, I'm, I'm winking at you because I know that's something you guys have been plotting towards. But what does that really look like, like other language, podcasting and audio, coming from originating maybe in the U.S.? Well, um, Slate just launched uh, El Gab Fest. Did you know about this? Oh, yeah. I oh read about God, it. I read about it. We had to call Plotzi. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the uh, Slate and Panoply's first uh, Spanish language, any other language podcast. I'm trying so does to... Plotz speak Spanish or is no, there a translator? It, Plotz is not on it. <laughs> oh, it wow. Is, okay. <laughs> it has a completely different cast of Got folks. It. But, um, you know, I think Spanish language is probably the next big market because, you know, there's just such a global reach. Um, I think Chinese would be interesting, but there's some question as to whether the Chinese government will allow podcasting of the kind of crazy, um, no holds barred type. But, you know, English is such a powerful language worldwide that I think yeah. there's we, we have a lot of our audiences overseas. Yeah. We hear from people all over the world who listen to our podcast. The message charted in um, seven, like countries. seven countries. Yeah. So, yeah. Before we let you go, kill by DIY. Really quick. What would you kill? What would you buy? What would you do yourself? I would kill the term podcasting Ooh. if it was possible to kill at this point. I think it has gotten <laughs> enough brand awareness that um, it's too late. But I think to a person, podcasters, at least those of us who have been around for a long time, think it is a terrible term. Yeah, it's a terrible it refers term. to a device that doesn't even exist anymore. It was a joke. It was a joke in a newspaper column. Really? Yeah. 
I didn't in know the that's Guardian, yeah. knowledge, yeah. At the end of 2004, I think this guy was just throwing out funny names that this new medium could be called, and he threw out podcasting, and somehow it stuck. And so, everyone at NPR went, yes. <laughs> uh, no, they they weren't that interested in it, but yeah, those yeah. of us in it said, oh, that's kind of funny, and then it just kind of stuck so, around. People have been trying to rename it for years. I think that no ship success. has sailed. It has sailed. For now, for now. Right. But I also, when people talk to me about podcasting, and then Laura and I talk about this, and Laura said it earlier. It's not about podcasting to us. This is about audio. audio. Yeah. This is about audio. Yeah, it's audio on demand. That's yeah, right. It's that's like right. video on demand. Yeah. Okay. I would, All right. I would buy the Echo and the smart speakers because I think that's the You can of for like $100. <laughs> no, I, I mean the, the <laughs> whole kidding. concept. <laughs> I, do, I did buy one of the speakers. But, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I think that is going to be the future of this medium. Agreed. I think it's so important because it's all about voice. Could you imagine if it becomes Alexa casting? I will literally lose my mind. No, you lose your mind. I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) I think Apple and Google are not going to allow that. No, they're not going to allow that to happen. But it's a race. And what would you do yourself? I would do... I would carve out time to make more children's podcasts myself. Oh, nice. I love making kids' podcasts. You could be like the Mr. Rogers Wait, of podcasting. No, but he actually, I forgot this. You Didn't you do something with your daughter? Didn't yeah. you write? You write. You wrote something for yeah. your daughter. We started doing a podcast together in 2005 when she was five. I love that. And uh, it, we went on for four or five years, and it's now in Pinna. It's called Molly and the Sugar Monster. And, I love it. Which, and, by the way, I saw in your Twitter bio, which I didn't know. I was like, what did he talk about the Sugar Monster? But now I know. Yes, he's a guy who comes to children's dinner tables and tells them, don't eat anything healthy. <laughs> amazing. That's amazing. On that note. Thank you, Andy Bowers. Chief where, Content Officer of Panoply. Where can people find you? Twitter, at Andy Bowers. Awesome. Andy, thank you. Thank you. It's been a blast. Andy Bowers, thanks for joining us on the episode and for always supporting our show. And us. He's Championne. Been, he's championne of these ladies. Going into El Gapfest, maybe there's a maybe El Elendia. La, wait, what la, would it be? La, la, I don't speak Spanish. I look like a German student. La, la. Das Atlendia. <laughs> German. German. The next version. Uh, yeah, so we want to thank Cameron Drews, our almost 18-year-old producer. we got to kill that joke eventually, Cam. I, I can't. i got to get <laughs> Maybe some. when we hit 21. Yeah, maybe when we hit 21. <laughs> we'll take you out. So thank you to our friends and family at Panoply. And a big thanks to our listeners, people who are talking to us on at Atlandia Podcast, emailing us at atlandiapodcast at gmail.com. Please review us on Apple Podcasts. Wherever you're listening to pods. And one of the requests I think will come away with this episode is tell five friends. We'll take you out for pizza. Yeah. As many as we can fit around the pie. So um, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back in two weeks. Full disclosure, our opinions are our own. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. 
I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math and Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math and Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.